Welcome to Talk Medicine, brought to you by West Michigan Pain and West Michigan Surgery Center on News Radio 1460, 107.7 WBRN. And our guest today is Dr. Junasia, and we are talking about Vertiflex and the procedure. And we we talked about it in the first segment, but we didn't discuss who would make a good candidate. Oh well, um, again, like anything else. Every procedure is not for everybody. And we have to collect the right candidate for it. Um, the first thing I want to say, what is the right kind of patients who have the right kind of symptoms, who will think in terms of, yes, I have may have a spontaneous or if I have spontaneous what should I do about it? Typically, a patient who had a symptomatic spontaneous what that means is that you may have a spinal stenosis, but may, you may not have any symptoms. So there's no point in correcting your spinal stenosis or doing any intervention if you're not symptomatic. If that particular pathology is not causing you any problem, there's no point in fixing it. You fix only when it causes some issue, mm-hmm. right? Now, let's say you have symptoms, and then we want to make sure that, you know what, that looks like spinal stenosis, and then you do x-rays or imaging and a CT scan, and they say, yes, you have a stenosis. So both these things to, needs to correlate with each other. Now, a typical patient with spinal stenosis who has symptoms associated with spinal stenosis called claudication pain are the patient who, as soon as they get up, they have pain, some mild pain in the back. They started walking they started getting symptoms going down the legs. That typical patient who walk further with a grocery cart. If you see a patient who's walking or any 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 gentleman or or women walking with a grocery cart, flex forward and able to walk, and you take the grocery cart away, they will have a hard time in walking. Right. Most likely they may have a spinal stenosis or spine which is having symptoms. And those are the patients who need to get evaluated done by their physicians with some time imaging to see if they have spinal stenosis which can be corrected. And uh, uh, so what happens when they start walking, they have slight achy pain coming in the back and the, and, and the buttocks area. And as they continue to walk, the pain starts going down their legs. And to, they reach a point where the achiness in the legs and the numbness and tingling sometimes become so intense that they have to stop. Do the, does the pain in the legs, does that shoot all the way down like to the feet or is it more in the thighs and, or in the calf? Well, it starts with the back in the buttocks area mm-hmm. and then goes down in your thighs and it continues walk may goes down in legs. And again, it depends on the level of spinal stenosis. If you have very high level at L1 and L2, which is a higher in this lumbar spine, then you have a nerves in the L1 and L2 where they don't go down the legs, they only go down in hips. Mm-hmm. If you go, you have a spinal stenosis between L2 and L3, what I mean by L is a lumbar spine. So one is the, the the top and the five is the bottom. So there are five lumbar spines. So L is a lumbar, L1 is in the top, L5 is the bottom close to your hip. Now, as you go down the spine, the pain starts going down more in your legs, in your feet. If you have stenosis between four and five, you may have a pain going down in your knees and below your knees. But if you have stenosis between L2 and L3, it may go just to your thighs. So it again depends on the uh, where your pathology is. So when you have pain in your back, goes down your buttocks and in your thighs or in your legs, and that means that you may have an element of spinal stenosis which needs to be explored. Hmm. 
Well, I, I know that I just people that I know, you know, some of the people that I know that get up and they said they can't get moving. Like you said, when you get out of bed in the morning, you hurt. Sometimes they have to run hot water on them in the shower or something like that or jump in a hot tub before they can get motivated and moving throughout the day. That that could be this too, right? Well, you cannot rule that out or rule in by morning because once you start painting as soon as you get up, your stiffness is most likely a problem with your joints and your spine. Whether you have any spine stenosis is very difficult to say. Sure. Typically, spine stenosis symptomatic is only when you started activity, when you start walking, doing some walk some distance, and then you started having pain going down the legs. You bend forward, you feel better. Mm-hmm. You sit down for a minute, you feel better. And then you start going back again walking, your pain starts again. So it's better with rest, better when you are walking with the grocery cart, better when you're bent forward, walking with a walker or a cane, and get worse when you try to straighten up your spine, and get worse when you start walking, goes down the legs. More you walk, more pain goes, and you have to stop. And then you wait for a minute or two, you can walk back again. You want to go down the hill, it's difficult. Going up the hill is better. You can go up the hill because you're bending forward when you're going up the hill. Mm-hmm. So you're able to go up the hill much better. And going down the hill, you're straightening your spine when you're going down the hill. By Otherwise, you will not be able to balance yourself if you bend forward when you're going down. So you have to go backwards, and then you'll have more pain when you're going downhill. And these are typical symptoms where you may have spinal stenosis and needs to get an evaluation done. Mm-hmm. Now... Uh, the other question which you asked me, if you have this, what is the right kind of patient once you have diagnosed and they have the symptoms? Now, there are some patients who are not great candidates for this. And I say because you are inserting a titanium implant, and if you're allergic to titanium, obviously you cannot get this done. But the incidence of allergy to titanium is so rare that I have not experienced in my um, career yet, one patient who has. So I think it's very rare, but if you have it, if it's documented, then you should not get this procedure done. Uh, and if you already had an instability, documented instability of your spine, instability means that when you move your spine, your spine is moving in a different ways, which I think is surgical case anyway to begin with, but if you have this documented, then you should not get this done. Now, uh, if you have the called spondylolisthesis, if you have spondylolisthesis, means that one part of the of the spine is moving forward or backwards against the, the lower part or the higher part, and when you bend forward or backwards, you should not get it done. If you have a scoliosis, means that your you you have a curvature of your spine more than ten to fifteen degrees, then you 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 will not be able to get this procedure done in that area where there's a stenosis. If you have a stenosis at between L3 and L4, and you have scolosis, scolosis between L3 and for more than 10 degrees, then because the spines are not aligned, you cannot have the spacer between the spine. You need to have the spinous process aligned up and below to be able to have this procedure done. If you have, um, I believe, a osteoporosis, or osteopenia, the bones are so weak, so brittle, that when you're inserting this uh, this titanium pressure and your spines are so weak, they cannot hold it, and then there is no point in putting it there because your spinal process will break sure. because they're so thin. So you want to make sure that you have a, don't have a very severe spinal uh, osteoporosis as well as osteopenia. 
and that can be evaluated. And um, if you are morbidly obese, where you have BMI of 40 and more, then we need to get careful uh, evaluation whether you're the right candidate or not. Uh, and then if you have a pressure of your spinal cord, like cord equina, definitely that's, we have to correct. They're red flags where before any type of surgery done, you have to make sure that somebody doesn't have a compression of spinal cord, somebody doesn't have an infection, somebody doesn't have any malignancy or a cancer of the spine. These things which you have to rule out first before you want to get this thing done. And obviously we want to make sure that you have the spinous processes both above and below. If you have a surgery done before and the spinous process has been removed by surgery, then we cannot do the surgery, And but we need to get some testing done, CT scan, MRI, to make sure that you have an intact spinous processes to be able to do this. Some people have a deficiency of spinous parts defect. They, they are born with some defect of the spine in the spinous processes. They don't have those spinous processes which we need to be able to seed this implant. And if, we cannot, if they don't have it, we cannot get it done. So it's all on what I'm talking about. There are so many things which you cannot get it done, but they are very rare. And if you have a symptoms where you feel you may have a spinal stenosis, you have pain going down the legs when, you, when you're active, you need to get evaluation done. Don't assume in your own mind that you may or may not be a candidate. So all I will rec recommend is that if you have a symptomatic spinal stenosis with claudication pain as described above, you need to get evaluation done. You need to get some good probably CT scan or MRI or X-rays done to make sure that you have elements of spinous process available. You don't have osteoporosis. You have nothing else going on so that you have a great outcome. And this is something that if they're having any of these symptoms that you were just talking about, they can go and see their primary physician and he can do those tests or do they need to come to you? Either way. Yeah. I think majority of the primary care physicians are aware of spinal stenosis. And, uh, but we are more than happy to evaluate this patient because there are certain things which are more than what primary care physician can do. We want to look at the spinous processes, the, the where they are and how they are, what previous surgeries have been done, and correlate that to their symptoms, put things together to make sure they are a candidate with good outcome. That's what I was wondering, if it was like you go into the, your doctor and they send them to you because you're the specialist in this, in this procedure. Yes, every patient who will do this procedure will need to get evaluated done. Mm -hmm. It's not that a family physician can say, okay, let's get a vertiflex done and patient is scheduled for a surgery. No, every patient who uh, a primary care physician sends us, we need to get first valid done to make sure they're the appropriate candidate and we are able to do this. Now, as with any procedure, and I know this is uh, really non-invasive, you know, but is it something that is, you know, that you need uh, pain pills a lot? I mean, is it something to be on pain pills for a while, or is it case by case? Well, vertiflex by nature is to avoid having it be on pain pills. Nice. Now, a lot of people get pain pills because they have pain. Right? Imagine if you are not able to walk more than 100 feet, you are frustrated and desperate to walk and do things. You cannot do much. Quality of life really is diminished. Now you are able to walk, okay, then you start walking with the walker, you, you bend forward and walk much, and then you're able to get more distance, but stenosis becomes bad, your activities are really limited. 
So locomotion is required, unfortunately, for human beings to be able to take care of yourself, take care of your home, take care of other things. And if you cannot walk, you're really limited. Now, walking is by nature a normal thing for humans. Mm -hmm. And if you're not able to do that, uh, there are certain things you cannot accomplish. Now, it this, takes away a huge quality of life. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And then what you do is, okay, let me take medication because there's nothing else you can do. Like mm -hmm. you may have sur some surgeries already done or you may already have some injections done. You may already are uh, um, not aware that certain procedure can be done. So you, in order to re relieve your symptoms, you start with maybe aspirin or maybe some Tylenol. Then you go into some little more stronger pain pills. And, and because this problem is not for a day or two, it's there for lifelong. I mean, it's, it's stenosis doesn't go away or disappear, mm -hmm. right? So you may have going on this for a couple of years, two, three years, and now slowly you escalate your medications and you may be taking some narcotic medications now. And now your pain pills you're taking, you're taking two, three or four or five a day and that also stops working or is working. So now you are dependent on these medications. Now what we're talking about here is trying to correct a problem with a minimal surgical intervention as much as possible. Now, when patient feels that, you know what, I'm feeling better, they will not take this pain medications. Mm -hmm. they, it may, it, they may have dependency on this medication, but eventually they will cut down this medication because when they don't have pain. So I think it's going to help reduce the amount of pain medications they are taking or in some instances eliminate it. That's awesome. And the, the thing is that when you, I mean, the pain medication in itself even though you feel like you're you're doing better because you're walking and things, it's something that's uh, also cutting down your quality of life. I mean, in a roundabout way, you know. That's correct. Okay, Matt. Uh, yeah, just to add to that, uh, Dr. Janasia, um, you know, in that study that Dr. Janasia talked about, uh, the five-year study, they took a subset of those patients that were previously on opioid medication, and at the end of the at the five-year mark. 85% of those patients had either decreased or stopped their medication, nice. their opioid medication. So that's pretty significant in, in what we're dealing with today with the opioid crisis. Uh, going yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, yeah. that's Now, some of these patients who have sponsored stenosis may have other issues. They may have problem in the neck. They may have problem in the shoulders. They may have problem in the knees. Now, you know, sponsored stenosis is for your target spinal stenosis related pain. It's not going to make your neck pain go away. It's mm -hmm. not going to make your shoulder pain go away. It's not going to make your knee pain go away. There may be other reasons for causing your pain. So therefore, we have to select the patients. Uh, uh, if you have so much immense pain all over your body, a significant problem going in your neck and other places as well, then maybe not the right thing because it's not going to really change your quality of life. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that your spinal stenosis is contributing to your significant amount of pain in your spine, which is preventing you to be able to function, and you're taking narcotic medications for those spinal pain, and then I think significant reduction of the spinal med pain medication is a possibility. And it has shown in the prior studies that significant people have reduced their medications and eliminated these medications if they were taking this medication for spinal stenosis. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, this is uh, Talk Medicine from Michigan Primary Care Partners in Big Rapids and at michiganprimarycarepartners.com. We're talking with Dr. Junasia today and uh, all about the VertiFlex. And we're going to come back with segment three. 
what do you want to touch on on segment three that we can uh, we can get to that we haven't covered already about the Vertiflex? And maybe you guys, you know, wanted to you know, jump in here too, Craig and Matt. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we, we could uh, you know, touch base on the, the important thing is once the surgery is done, what do you expect? What your activities are, and uh, what's the follow up needed, and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, all right. We'll be back with segment three next. Talk Medicine is a paid medical program which does not reflect the opinions of the management and staff of WBRN and the Big Rapids Radio Network.